Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone, and welcome to 2022. Got another big show coming up for you tonight. Coming at you live from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island. Got Ethan Sears from New York Post joining us to talk aisles. My name is Sean Cuthbert, and with me, as always, is Christian Arnold. Christian how are you? I'm doing good, Shawnee. Happy New Year, bud. And a happy new year to you. All right. Well, now that we got that out of the way, <laughs> I hope everyone enjoyed the How's game the of Islanders bud? hockey. That was good. Was yeah. good. How was yours? They were quiet, low key. but yeah, yeah low Seems key. like everyone had a low-key uh, holiday this year. But nice. Looking nice. forward to the new year. And here we are. So, folks, want to thank you for joining us for this late-night edition of Hockey Night in New York here at twitch.tv slash New York After Dark. Hockey Night NY, indeed. Want to remind everybody that we are happy to be presented by R.J. Daniels American Bar and Grill located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. It is the best place to catch the aisles when you can't be at the game. Head down for great food and drink specials, plenty of HD TVs, and in-game sound. Also happy to be sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in, Pike in Huntington, as well as 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. And, of course, the brand-new UBS Arena in Belmont. They are an official partner of the New York Islanders. Check out the menu at BlueLineDeli.com for all their great offerings. Also happy to be sponsored by Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800 for three free months of service. And, of course, thrilled to be sponsored by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, creator of the Barn Rocker Session Ale, available at all at 12 locations at the Islanders brand new home in UBS Arena and even more distributors across the country from coast to coast. You can visit the tap room at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay seven days a week to sample all their fantastic beverages. And remember, those of you in the chat, remember to get your questions in for the questions brewing segment. Christian, the schedule has been funky, man. <laughs> a lot of games and then a lot of no games. Yeah, well, I hope you enjoyed the two games this past week because you won't see another one for a week and a half. Yeah, yeah, another 11 days or so. But, hey, the Isles got a couple in this past week, finally. <laughs> played the Sabres, played the Oil. Victorious in both games. That's a two-game winning streak. Also at home, things are yeah. changing around here. What do you say, CA? Yeah, I mean, this is a weird, weird, weird schedule. Uh, you know... It's tough to say whether this is good or not for the Islanders right now, at least for the momentum kind of thing, because I think we were talking before the show. And, yeah. uh, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, this might actually end up being the best thing that could happen for the Islanders, with all these delays and these weeks off and right. everything, for, you know, for all the all the um, complaints about how the Islanders had to start the season on such a lengthy road trip. And now they're going to get to spend a whole ton of time at home and, and practicing and all this. So certainly in that regard, it's, it's kind of worked out for the Islanders, but certainly from... The other standpoint of a momentum standpoint, I mean, it's it's tough to kind of get any sort of momentum when you're playing two games and then you're off for a week and a half and then you're yeah. playing a game or two and then you're off. So, you know, you kind of hope by the, by the time things get rolling again that there's a little more consistency with everything that's been going on. But as of right now, it's it's a little funky to say the least. Yeah, I mean, since this season started, it has just been such a bizarre 
season for the Islanders in particular. I mean, obviously overall throughout the league, but even for them with all the different you know, dominoes that, have, that we've kind of talked about with this team starting out on the road and then coming home to COVID protocols and, you know, getting guys back and losing them again and getting guys back. And they happen to be the victim of this West Coast ro- right. road swing now coming up where they just so happen to be playing Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, and Seattle gets lumped in there just because they're out West. Right. And they lose all these games. So, yeah, I think... You know, to your point, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because they're starting to gain momentum here. They're 3-0-1 in their last four. And, you know, like we just said, you got the two wins in a row. And it's like, hey, let's keep these guys going so that they can, you know, keep that energy and maybe, you know, have that carry over to the next few games. Well, that's not happening. But you still got important cogs out like Pollock, like Nelson, like Wallstrom that (laughs) might get back by the time they hit the ice on the 13th against the Devils. I mean, that's 11 days from now. So, I mean, you're definitely going to have Nelson and Wallstrom back by then. And we should have, we should see Paul Mary back on the ice as well. If Barry allows him to (laughs) to come back on the ice, given what he said. (laughs) Well, that's the other interesting thing. Certainly it's, it's opened up, it's opened up doors and and this whole stretch and all the COVID thing, all the COVID stuff that have impacted the Islanders the last couple months and and the rest of the world and league and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, It's opened up a lot of doors for guys that we kind of thought were maybe cast out and it's mm-hmm. it's showing a bit of a light on some guys who we kind of thought weren't gonna kind of have to face the music so to speak kyle palmieri being one of them and the right. fact that barry trotz sort of openly suggested that maybe there isn't a spot for him in the lineup once he's healthy is, is a certainly interesting turn of events from a from a standpoint of of doing the right thing, I think you know it's a it's a the smart move. It's the right thing to do because there's a lot of youngsters that have stepped up into the lineup for the Islanders that have really earned spots, and to see them lose their roster spot because a veteran who hasn't lived up to the potential that the Islanders need him to would be, I think, that'd be kind of a a blow to some of these guys, and I I think sure. it would be a blow to the team a little bit too. Uh, on the flip side, for what the Islanders are paying for Kyle Palmieri to sit on the bench and not not play, I mean that's not great either for no, not for a team that no. was really relying on him to fill that void of, of Jordan Eberle right. leaving in, in because of the expansion draft. So, um, again, double-edged sword, just like the rest of this stuff, it is it is a very double-edged sword with how things have, have turned out. Yeah, and it's it's just one of those remain-to-be-seen things where, you know, are they going to benefit from the break? We don't know. We don't know until they play those games. If yeah. they win, oh, it was great for them. If they start losing, <laughs> oh, man, it sucks they had the right. break. That's the way it always goes. But, look, this is where they sit right now. After after this 3-0-1 streak, they're 10-12-6. and As I said, 3-0-1 in their last four, all at home. But they sit in the same place they did the last time we did this show two weeks ago, eight points behind Boston, which is the team right, right now they're chasing for a wild card. So nothing has changed. <laughs> they went on a 3-0-1 streak, and they're still in the same spot. Right. So that's what makes this so difficult, and that's why I think, what, maybe maybe it was that show or even just prior to that where we, we were kind of putting a kind of a dark cloud over the remainder of right. the season for this team because look you go on a you know you get points in three out of four games and you don't gain any ground really on the on the team you have to chase now just up until today it was Detroit in that spot but but, but Boston took it over and also they have like four or five games in hand on Detroit right. so that was kind of a you know a faux wild card if you will with Detroit <laughs> sitting in there so now the team that kind of belongs there right now is Boston and that's the team if you're going to root any, against anybody this season it's going to be the Boston Bruins because realistically that's probably the only team that the Islanders can catch at this point unless they just go on a wild tear which I don't think any of us are going to expect at this point but I got a little optimism out of Christian before we started the show saying hey maybe this is something they can do you you care to expand on that yeah I mean I was just saying to you when you look at the way the season has gone and you look at how much rest and how much fresher the Islanders are going to be it almost seems like 
it almost seems like 2020 all over again in a, in a way that has nothing to do with the COVID. Um, because you look at where the Islanders were when all the when everything happened, the season pauses. It was disastrous. They were in a bad they spot. They weren't playing well. They were about to knock themselves out of a playoff right. spot. It, right. it was getting bad. Mm-hmm. And now you kind of look at where they are now. Mm-hmm. Same kind of situation. They had a big injury that was impacting them. They had guys that were, were fresh into the lineup or, um, you know, they were dealing with all these different different circumstances and now the Islanders have a bit more time. The, you know, these youngsters, youngsters, these these <laughs> younger kids that have come right. into the lineup are really getting an opportunity to kind of trial by fire and, and mm-hmm. shine. And you've seen that. Kiefer Bellis has really come along. I think, yep. I think a lot of people have, have uh, you know, I, I, Kiefer Bellis was almost the guy that we, we kind of rode off at the beginning of the year because of, of everything that the Islanders had in their lineup. And he's really come about, especially during the COVID stretch where, you know, it's hard to argue against him being in the lineup every night. You've yeah. seen a lot of growth out of Oliver Wallstrom, who's a key cog to this team now. Right. You've seen Noah Dobson finally take the steps in the last couple of weeks that the Islanders have needed him to do. And I think part of that may be because he's had time to kind of go through practice and kind of readjust. And, um, you know, there's not that craziness like the Islanders had those first month and a half, two months of the season where they were on the road. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a ton of practice time. All of that, obviously... The COVID thing, knocking so many players out of the Islanders lineup for as long as it did, wasn't a help, but it certainly it certainly was a real test to a lot of these younger guys who were going to come into the lineup and, and try and prove themselves. And when you look back at that time, it was really, you know, the Wallstroms and, and some of those those fringe NHL, AHL guys and, um, you know, sort of the players that you expect to take the next step that really stepped up and, and gave Islander fans at least a little bit of hope when they were out there, when they were getting crushed by some of these teams that were they were they were playing. And it was... It was ironically enough the Palmarys, the Baileys, the you know, you know, the Zdeno Charas, the the Scott Mayfields, you know, these guys that were were needed to pick up their play. So mm-hmm. um, I think that was a huge boost for and a huge realization maybe for the coaching staff of what they had and what um, can be brought to the lineup with the addition of some of these guys. So I, I mean, if you're looking for a silver lining and why I think that there is a little bit more hope for this team now is because you have this kind of weird stretch where the Islanders can kind of regroup and get themselves together. They've had that lengthy break between their last game and then finally playing against Buffalo the other day. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you look at how they played, and obviously it's Buffalo. I understand that. But, <laughs> right. but even playing, Ed, um, you know, Edmonton the other day. You know, yeah. This is a game that the Islanders, especially going into overtime and, uh, you know, everyone knows how well the Islanders play in overtime and when you got to go to the shootout. And Noah Dobson steps up in a big way. So I think that, you're seeing the progression of a lot of guys that the Islanders needed to see earlier in the season. It's finally coming for some of the, the Noah Dobson type players. And then you're seeing that expansion or that growth of some of the guys who you kind of, we, we kind of written off, wrote off. Yeah. I think you're, you're seeing these younger guys finally get some confidence out there and, yeah. and maybe the coaching staff has, has been forced to put a little more faith in them just because they haven't had the guys they that they're used to having available, available, but it has reflected because you look at the even the minutes for these guys. Dobson now over the past maybe like five games or so, uh, he's he's averaging twenty to twenty four minutes now. I saw like I was looking at the numbers and he's had between twenty to twenty four minutes those nights. I looked at Kiefer Bellows mm-hmm. and the last two games sixteen and eighteen minutes roughly. I yeah. mean that's that's a lot of minutes for a young guy like him. He he was I think just before that he had just over seven minutes. Right. <laughs> so Barry Trotz has finally liked what he's seen out of him. He's given him more trust and he's been rewarded. Here's the key thing is that these guys are taking advantage of it. Yes. And this may be maybe the first time, at least for Kiefer Bellows, 
where he's finally giving Barry Trotz a reason to keep him around yeah. when other guys come back. And maybe that's kind of what Trotz was alluding to with Kyle Palmieri. Because, look, we've seen Kiefer Bellows score before, but we've also seen him kind of get the whip a little bit. Yeah. Where, yes, he can put some points up, but he needs to be more responsible defensively. And, and, and similarly with Oliver Wallstrom to a degree. But like you said earlier, maybe he's a guy we kind of started riding off on this team. Yeah. But he's finally finding a comfort level. And look, that's usually what it comes down to with these first-round picks. I mean, any player at all, really, where they're a young guy, they're coming up through a team, you know that they have the ability. You know that they have the skill. And usually, it's just putting together the game upstairs, up in their minds, getting that confidence, feeling comfortable, playing at an NHL level, and being able to hang with these guys. And I think once it clicks and they realize that they can, you start to see what these guys are able to do. And... Dobson and Wall, uh, sorry, Dobson and Bellows are those those two guys right now who are yeah. saying, "Hey, we can do this." Because, yeah, we've seen some flashes from Dobson as well. But one thing I know that I've said on this show previously is he's still green in the sense that he's he, he's hesitating mm-hmm. and he's he's not taking shots when he should be. He's looking past a little bit too much, and now he's starting to fire the puck. And you see that he's he has five goals now, and he's got ten points, I believe, in his last ten games. And that's all, and it's all showing in just the way he's carrying himself on the ice. It's such a big difference. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely true. And and to your point, they're they're getting that confidence because. They're getting the getting the playing time because they kind of have to at this point, right? right. Like the yeah. the Islanders were nothing in a position, else has been working, right? The Islanders <laughs> were in a position a they didn't have the bodies to do it, and you saw a lot of guys take advantage. Robin Salo, another guy that we yep. haven't really talked about mm-hmm. too either, um, stepped up in that in that position. Austin Zarnick, when he's been up here, Danger Zarnick, that's right, has managed to <laughs> fit fit into a role and and be an offensive presence for the Islanders when they needed him. So there's a lot of guys that took advantage of that, and the guys that you expected or needed to be a part of this lineup uh, in a big way, I think have really stepped up in the last couple of games, especially the younger games, the Bellows, the, the um, Dobsons. And I, I'd even put Salo in that, in that category. As yeah, well. no doubt about it. So folks want to thank you all for tuning in to this late edition of hockey night, in New York here at twitch.tv slash hockey night. NY. we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Ethan Sears of the New York post will join us to talk more under, more under hockey. We'll be right back. It's a new Islander season, and you've got a great spot to catch all the action. R.J. Daniels American Barn Grill in Rockville Center. Inside the bar or the heated outdoor patio, you won't miss any of the excitement on their wall-to-wall big-screen TVs and in-game sound. Enjoy it all with delicious food, drinks, and plenty of specials in a lively atmosphere staffed by the friendliest folks around. R.J. Daniels is in the heart of Rockville Center at 279A Sunrise Highway, just steps from the train station. So come on down. Watch the boys in blue and orange continue their quest for Lord Stanley with your fellow Islander diehards. And when the game's not on, stop by for a great meal and a great time seven days a week. Hang for the late night bar scene or book a party or catering for any occasion. Call 516-536-6258 to make reservations and go to rjdaniels.com to check out the menu. R.J. Daniels American Bar and Grill. Your home for New York Islanders hockey. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another 
another country, you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516-856-7800. That's 516-856-7800. Or visit them on the web at ThaiTechnology.com. That's Thai, T-I-E, Technology.com. Thai Technology, the right choice for your internet phone service. Let's get back to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for On the Line, brought to you by our friends at Thai Technology. And joining us right now from the New York Post is Mr. Ethan Sears. Ethan, you're talking to Sean and Christian. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Absolutely, absolutely. Welcome on board. And welcome to Islander Country. Just uh, joining Islander Country, Islander Coverage. How have you settled into the new position so far, covering these New York Islanders on Long Island? Well, it's uh, it's been an interesting transition, obviously. Uh, you know, you get there and uh, kind of immediately everything uh, hits the fan a little bit. But, um, but no, it's, it's gone good. It's, uh, it's been a, a good beat to settle in on, and, and the team has uh, certainly been interesting. Yeah, there's no shortage for interesting when it comes to the New York <laughs> Islanders, Ethan. Appreciate you coming on. It's Christian. I wanted to jump right into it with you. Obviously, you've sort of settled in now, and you've seen sort of the chaos not only – on the ice, but uh, I mean the, the chaos with the fans, but with reaction to just about everything that happens there. And I'm I'm curious to get your take and 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 how you've seen the Islanders so far, and, and in particular, I guess how you've seen this whole thing play out with the starts and the stops to the season and their uh, kind of ability, at least in the last couple games, to really jump back into it with uh, with pretty fresh legs. Yeah, I mean it's um it's almost a little bit hard to get a read on this team, right? Because the last four games i would say they, they've played pretty well and they've looked a lot better they've been a lot healthier obviously the last two you mentioned but those four games have come over you know a two-week period and now you there's another two weeks where they're not gonna really pretty much do anything and um you know i uh it's it's a little hard to know what what to make of that or whether they can can keep it going afterwards i, I think if they had gone on this west coast trip we probably would have learned a lot from it but Unfortunately, that's not happening. Right, for sure, Ethan. And, and Christian and I were talking about this before we came, before you came on. And you, you have this kind of forced break here. They, they have a little momentum here with the last four games, 3-0-1. But also, they have some guys on the men. They have some guys that they need to come back from COVID protocol. So it's a little bit of a double-edged sword here. And how do you view it? Is this something, maybe if you were uh, you know looking through it as, from the lens of an Islander supporter, is this something you would have rather seen them just pick up with these games? Or, or maybe the break is going to serve them better? What do you think? I think I probably would have would have rather seen them play. Um, I I think I I probably would, or really I I am, I am anxious to kind of see what what this team, you know, looks like right now that that most of the guys are healthy. Um, and like I said, I, I think you know it would have been really interesting to see. Okay, they they played well, you know, these last two games, and now they would have had to go go to the West coast, um, play, play in Calgary, play in Edmonton. Those are probably some, some games where you learn something about this team and, and then you can come back home and, and have maybe a, a little bit of a better sense of, of how this is going to go. Talking with Ethan Sears from the New York post here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai technology and Ethan, how have you seen the Islanders play progress at UBS arena? I think that's one thing that has really kind of been an interesting 
sort of uh, topic of conversation because the Islanders were were always very good at home in the Nassau Coliseum. Um, and this year they come into UBS Arena off the road, off a, you know, a very lengthy road trip to start the season. And obviously there was COVID involved, and obviously um, everyone was still kind of getting their feet under them at the, new, at the new building. But it certainly seemed like things were a little off, to say the least, when they got back to Long Island. And now it seems like things have, have shifted a little bit. Do you sense a, a little bit of a difference now from the team having, it seems like at the very least they got a couple wins at home, and now they seem to have been feeling that home cooking a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, they they had that obviously run. They, they didn't win, win a game in the building for the first three weeks or so and had a couple of losses that were just gut punches, you know, Chicago, Nashville. Um, but I think, you know, now they've, they seem to have settled in. And also, obviously, as you mentioned, that kind of comes or coincides with the lineup getting, getting a little healthier, which <laughs> pro- probably is not a coincidence. Right. For sure, Ethan. And just to, to pick up on another topic that Christian and I were talking about before he came on, we were talking about the emergence here, it looks like, of Noah Dobson and Kiefer Bellows and maybe benefiting from some of these guys being out, to, particularly to key on Noah Dobson. You know, everybody's talked about how important Ryan Pollock has been to this team, particularly his pairing with Adam Pellick. But has his absence here with his injury maybe allowed for Noah Dobson to kind of come into his own and maybe seize an opportunity with such a void left by Pollock? I mean, not just on the defensive side of things, but also offensively with, with all the numbers that Dobson's putting up now. Yeah, I mean, obviously it forces you know, Dobson to, to do a little more, puts a little bit more on his shoulders. And you mentioned the offense. I think that's really where, you know, where we've seen the biggest strides with him. Um, like the, the way he's driven play recently, you know, even strength and on the power play has been really noticeable, um, right? Like uh, Barzal's goal the other night, uh, Dobson had, you know, kind of a huge role in that coming up on the rush, made a really nice pass that uh, that set up, set up the play. And, and I don't know if that's necessarily something that was, um, super noticeable in his game earlier in the year. Ethan, we, we talked a lot about some of these these young kids too for the for the start of the show, and, and I am curious when it comes to Bellos, when it comes to Sallow, when it comes to to Dobson, when it comes to Oliver Wallstrom, even um, one thing that the Islanders have, or Barry Trotz, I should say, has notoriously been known for is not playing a lot of those youngsters. It seems like that because of the COVID circumstances, those guys have had to be in the lineup because there's no other choice. And I, I am curious to get your sense. Have you noticed sort of, at least in your dealings with Trots, have you noticed any sort of, of change in sort of his demeanor or sort of his perception when it comes to wanting to, to keep those guys out longer, considering where Trots may have stood even just a couple of weeks ago when he seemed pretty, pretty set on keeping, you know, the Palmieri's, the Bailey's and, you know, the et cetera's in the lineup. It seems like those days have kind of shifted away from that. Yeah. I mean, when, when we've asked him about, uh, about Bellows in particular, uh, a couple of times he's kind of put it in terms of, uh, of street cred and, and saying, you know, when you're a younger player, you kind of need to build up that credibility and, and Bellows right now, the way he's playing is, is really doing that. And, you know, you've seen his minutes kind of take upwards and and as that's happened you know we asked him or i asked him about palmary the other night and, and he kind of said well we don't know the timetable but you know when kyle is back we're we're gonna maybe see whether he gets back in the lineup or not because you know as you guys know he hasn't really been producing right it, and it is interesting. I mean, that was probably maybe the most surprising thing to hear from out of Barry Trotz's mouth in a in a while was the right. was the change about Palmieri. What do you think that says about his 
I, I, I guess his the leash that he's giving these veterans. I mean, Palmieri is a guy that the Islanders brought re-signed for you know a pretty penny, and he was expected to do a lot. How do you think that's kind of changed? And do you think there's any sort of message now sent to the rest of the veteran lineup there? I mean, definitely it's a message. I, you also saw that when, um, you know, Bavillier was, was a healthy scratch a, a little bit ago and, and, uh, and Trot's kind of wanting to send that message. Um, and, you know, like you look at the record and you gotta do something, right? Like, right. uh, and if, if, uh, if the guys who give you the best chance to win, if the lineup that gives you the best chance to win is Kyle Palmieri on the bench, like, I think you kind of have to look at it and say, all right, like, you know, the contract situation be as it may, we're going to roll this out right. because, you know, the Islanders want to be in the playoffs this year and <laughs> they, they've got a lot, a lot, a long way to go if that's going to happen. And it is interesting because now Sean and I were just talking about sort of the playoff chances. And I think, you know, we've talked before at Islander games and stuff. And I, I think, um, you know, my perception in the last, up until the last couple of days, really, has been the Islanders really have an uphill, to cl- a large hill to climb to get out of this position. It doesn't seem like it's re- a really possible thing to do right now, but I've sort of changed my opinion. I'm curious to see where you stand on this about how all the COVID breaks have, have lined up for the Islanders, and do you think it kind of gives them a chance, a better chance, to get themselves back into that eighth spot and sneak into the playoffs and maybe do some damage like they've done in years past? I mean, I, I would, I think I would say, is it, is it possible? Yes. Is it likely? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what the math is on, on the pace they would have to play at, but, um, they would have to really, really, really turn this around. Certainly it, it helps to get guys healthier, but they're also, you know, maybe going to have to, you know, pay for that on the back end. They have, you know, already a really packed January, a really packed March, uh, those weeks in February, you assume they're going to be able to make up uh, a lot of these games in, but you know they're going to be playing more games and, and less time than the rest of the league, and you know that's something that could maybe uh, could make could maybe hurt them comparatively. And um, you know, as far as external factors go, they haven't really had anything go go right for them this year. So they're you know something uh, something's going to have to change in a big way there. I, so you know. Like I said, possible, yeah. Likely, no. Interesting. All right. Talking with Ethan Sears here from the New York Post covers the Islanders. Ethan, also a Michigan grad, I might want to (laughs) add, because it does come in line with our next question. We do have a chat going on on our Twitch stream, and and someone wanted to ask us about – the Michigan no-show the other day against <laughs> Georgia, and I, I feel bad bringing this, this up, Ethan, but I, I, you know, we got to ask people's questions. Uh, That's okay. <laughs> and, and they want to know, does the, does the no-show game against Georgia continue questions about Harbaugh's, ten, Harbaugh's tenure there as head coach? No, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> um, I think any... Uh, um, been around the program and, and I, you know, I covered them when I was in school or, or any, any fan or any, anyone who's just been around there. I mean, the, the hump that they had to get over was, was to beat Ohio state and to win the big 10. And once they did that, I think everyone, you know, kind of, at least in my orbit was like, you know, they're sad the other night, but no one is, no one is very upset. <laughs> about it you know i think everybody kind of knows georgia 
Georgia recruits better than Michigan. There's a there's a bit <laughs> of, of uh, there's a bit of a ladder Michigan has to climb there, and um to to be in the playoff for the first time to you know that Ohio State win was the biggest win the program has had, and probably probably since they last won a national championship. Jeez. Um, so you know, I would say Jim is on is on pretty safe ground right now. Ethan, I agree with you a thousand percent. Uh, I, I watched the game. No, I didn't. I, didn't watch the game. I don't watch college football. At all. <laughs> that was our college football hour here on Hockey Night in New York. But to reel it back into the Islanders, Semyon Varlamov got the start against the Sabres, and he looked really good playing against them. And it seems like he's kind of getting back to form. It looked like when he finally got back into the lineup after that uh, season-starting injury where he was a little slow to get back to his form, get back to his pace, it looks like he's getting closer and closer, and it's funny. It seems just like every week we're talking about, well, where's the goaltending going now? What's happening now? Is Sorokin the new starter? And seeing Varlamov kind of settle in here, do you think maybe we go back to a 50-50 split between these two guys, or do you think maybe it's still Sorokin's net to lose where maybe he gets more of a 60-40 split, something like that? I would probably lean towards the second one, it, it being Sorokin's net to lose just with how he's played, but but also, you know, they they're once they start playing again, you know, they're going to be playing pretty much every other day for long stretches of the season. So, you know, maybe just because of that, you see it lean towards a more even split and, and obviously Varlamov kind of getting his footing and playing well is, is huge for them. I don't think they can go on the kind of run that, that we're talking about here if they don't have two goaltenders playing well. Talking with Ethan Sears here from the New York Post here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Tide Technology. And Ethan, before we let all of our guests go, we tend to do this uh, as much as we can when we can get creative anyway. (laughs) Uh, We love to ask our guests a random question before we let them go. Uh, Just to give you a couple examples, your fellow colleague from the New York Post, Molly Walker, we asked her about her favorite press box snack. Um, Andrew Gross, we asked him a ton of questions about music because, as you know, Andrew loves loves music. Brian Compton was asked about how terrible Kiss was because they're awful. It's a valid question. So, <laughs> Ethan, we, we mentioned Michigan. I'm curious if you have a, a, a good Jim Harbaugh story from your time covering Michigan uh, Michigan football during your, your years there. Um, hmm, let's see. Um, I would say Jim... Jim is not the most um, personable guy I've ever met. Um, <laughs> it's a little—he's uh, a little awkward. He's—he's um, he's not one to kind of, I guess, hang hang around or or you know chat chat with writers or anything like that. Right. He he kind of you know does 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 this thing during press conferences where you'll you'll ask him something and he'll just he'll stare at you. Um, <laughs> And, you know, they, I remember one year they, they beat Iowa like 10-3, looked awful, gained like, I don't know, like 200, some, some terrible number of yards on offense. Yikes. And, the, and the offense had been playing badly through, you know, the whole time. And, and someone asked him, like, you know, what's, what's going on here? What's, you know, what needs to be fixed? And he goes like, well, we really think we're hitting our stride on offense. And the whole room just kind of like, what? Like, and it's like, well, why do you think that? And he's like, he's like, yeah, like we're, we're hitting our stride. We're really happy with how, how we're playing. And that's what, that's what he's like to cover. He's, he's kind of a little bit off, you know, in his own, 
in his own world. And, and when it's going well, you can't really uh, say anything bad about it. And when it's not going well, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's uh, it can be a bit of a drag. But um, you know, he's he's an interesting guy. <laughs> Great stuff, Ethan. <laughs> well, Ethan, want to thank you so much for joining us here tonight on Hockey Night New York, and welcome you once again to covering the New York Islanders. I'm sure it'll be a fun roller coaster ride for <laughs> you, and uh, hopefully, we'll have you on the show down the road. Absolutely. Thanks again, Sean and Christian. Appreciate it. You got it, Ethan. Take care. That was Ethan Sears of the New York Post covering the New York Islanders. Good stuff from him and and Christian. We're breaking all kinds of records tonight. Not only was uh, Jim Harbaugh mentioned once, but twice, twice within the same segment. Now, do you know who Jim show. Harbaugh? Now, is. did he? He's a football coach. Coach the Giants at one point. No, or was thinking Jets? Jim Fossil. Just because his name is yes. also Jim. No, yes. I'm familiar with the name Jim Harbaugh, but I thought he coached in the NFL at one point. His brother coaches in the NFL. His What's brother his coaches, first name? His brother coaches for <laughs> the uh, – his brother's John Harbaugh, who coaches John, the Baltimore, Baltimore okay. Ravens. Great. Yeah. Great. Well, we've covered all the Harbaugh's <laughs> now. And That's Michigan the most football. you've talked about college football probably in the last decade, I'd imagine. Easily. Yeah. No, no easily. Question. Easily the last decade, if not the last two but we move on yes. to Islander talk because that's yes. why we're here. By the way, I don't want to forget to mention again, we love your questions in the yes. chat. We want to answer them as much as we can we later do. on in the show. Yes. So don't forget to get your questions brewing into, uh, into the chat now. We will answer them later when we talk about it, uh, presented by our friends from Oyster Bay. There really you go. Coming. And here we go, buddy. Jim did coach in the NFL. Did he really? MJ Beckman. He was a San Francisco uh, 49ers right. coach. There you go. Well, See? Yeah. All right. I know what I'm talking about. No, I Sometimes. don't. No, I don't. I don't, especially when it comes to football. So, Christian, do you think there's any chance... I do remember that. I forgot about that. Thanks, pal. I think... <laughs> so, do you think there's any chance of, of the NHL trying to sneak, uh, uh, sneak a game in here in these 11 days that the Islanders are going to miss? Or no, I mean, I don't think... Logistically, no. I don't even know how they'd, they'd manage to do that, right? Because... What I mean, the only one... job. Yeah, the only yeah. one I could think of maybe would be the Ranger game that got canceled. Wasn't there a Philly one, too? Right, but then you'd have to try and... I mean, I don't even know Philadelphia. I know the Rangers right. play a couple times this week alone. Okay. I think they play Tuesday, Thursday yeah. or something like that. So okay. um, it, it's not doable. The Islanders have an 11-day break, I want to say here. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, 11 days. So eleven another another 11-day break coming up here yeah. now because of the, the COVID issue. But it'll, it'll be interesting because, too, you look at the Islanders' schedule and, and really... After they play, once they play again on the 13th, they play New Jersey, they play Washington. All right. these games at home, Philly, Columbus. The only Islanders road game now this month is going to be in Toronto. Yes. The problem is there are reports coming out of Canada now that they are looking at more COVID restrictions for the next three, four weeks. They're looking at more or potentially canceling ticketed events, which I would imagine would include the NHL. Those are ticketed events. And because the NHL is, is hell-bent on playing these games in front of crowds, I would imagine that if they get wind that this is going to happen and that there aren't going to be admitted fans allowed in the building, that that Toronto game could also get pushed back too. Well, I guess at least that's only one game, and it is sandwiched between a lot of home games. So at least the Isles can play those games, and then hopefully they can catch up with those other games later on. I mean, we may be looking at a full slated schedule in February Right. (laughs) Like, there might not even be any break at all if the NHL can logistically sort some of these games and throw them into those three weeks that, you know, the NHL was supposed to be off. You might just see the Islanders with a full February, which would be good in the sense that if they manage to find a way to do that, 
then maybe they don't have so many games packed towards the end of the season where right. they're playing three games of four nights every week or whatever the case may be. If they can, if they can crunch these games into February, maybe it just looks like a at least somewhat of a more normal schedule. So hopefully that's what they can do. But but I mean everything has to fall into place because things right. are, things aren't going that's, well right now in the COVID world. The numbers is, are getting worse. Right, and that's I mean that's the thing. Like you're. Things have to go. All these things have to go right for that to happen. Yeah. So a lot of it ifs. won't. It won't happen. A lot of, of ins. All. I can tell you then it won't. A lot happen. of outs. A lot of what have yous. Right. We'll see. And that's the problem because now even some of those February reschedules. I would imagine if the if the Canadian government is closing the border or if there's restrictions still on on uh, events and and things like that. Mm. I would imagine the NHL isn't going to play those games because they want people in the building. Unless they roll the dice a little bit and do what they did similar to Boston and Montreal where they flipped the home and road where they ended up playing a game scheduled in Montreal in Boston and they said, hey, we'll just make up the Montreal game towards the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, that's possible Maybe they could do that too. But again, you also have have to make sure that the arena dates lineup of course like that's the other problem you have to make sure that these look especially with these teams with two with two teams concerts going on still Mm -hmm. and all that Mm -hmm. you know what happens with a team like uh, using boston for example you have to line up with the celtic schedule you have to line up yeah yeah events going on at the building so it's tough it's tough of course well we'll see i mean here's an interesting thought too and I don't know if this is the case now, but you remember a few days ago, everybody was posting how the, the NHL.com site went blank. All the standings went blank. I'm sure you saw that, right? I heard one, about it. Yeah. yeah. So there was one day where that happened. And Obviously, when they, Brian Compton fell asleep at the wheel. <laughs> uh, well, oh, right. Of course. Of course. <laughs> but now yeah, I probably, don't know. I don't, eating his McRib and dripped some sauce on McRib. it. McRib. He was eating a B-Comp Q. He couldn't get it. It was, it was probably late or something. He works night shifts, so they're closed. That's fair. That's fair. McDonald's That's would why. be open. Late. Blue line would not because right. they're not 24 hours yet. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Donnie, <laughs> yeah. get on that. Get on that, Donnie. But anyway, after that, after they fixed the site, so to speak, and you could, you know, they had the standings reset. Now, I don't know if this is the case or not, but I did take notice of the points percentage slot. Now, I don't remember if that was missing prior to. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention to right. paying attention. Not. But the point is, I did take notice of that. And I was like, I wonder if they just threw that in. And whether they did or not, I think it's very relevant because I have to say, Christian, I would be very surprised if all 32 teams get to 82 games now. I, I mean, that's. I'm not sure that's. I, I am. I agree with you. I yeah. think, but I think points percentage was always going to be the a factor in this this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it's as conspiratorial. It no, no, it might have always been there. I'm not trying to make anything out of it. It's just at the very least, I took notice of that right. column, and and I was like, oh, hey, that's probably going to be relevant now. Now, also. As some people may or may not know, I, I did work for, at one point, worked for the league and worked on the back end of those websites, yeah, the, yeah. the NHL website. And I can tell you, too, that also something like that could have happened easily for a number of reasons, none yeah, of yeah, which yeah. have no, to be. I'm, again, I'm not trying to make anything. No, no, out no. Of no it. I, yeah. I'm trying to add some more context mm-hmm. to it because mm-hmm. people hear that and, and, you know, rightfully, people are, are curious and skeptical of, sure. of what. But. I can tell you with some some certain degree of certainty too mm-hmm. that like things like that happen just because something does you know there there's an error on on um, like when Amazon went down and it, it mm-hmm. took down all those different websites because they all use Amazon Web Services yeah, right? yeah, yeah so then all these different websites couldn't couldn't work right so that right. could that's that's part that could be a problem mm-hmm. um, there could have been a glitch on the back end someone could have clicked a button that you know there's like a million different right, things that course, could have gone of course, wrong of course um, that explain that but certainly it is interesting right like all of this is happening and then boom it's gone yeah 
Yeah, it just seemed like while all the cancellations were being right, made, it was right, almost right. like, all right, let's slip that in there because <laughs> it might be relevant now. But again, it might have been there already. I don't, I don't remember. But point is, I saw it and I was like, yeah, that's that's going to play a role. I think. Oh, 100 percent. I just don't see 82 games for all teams, and I and I do think it's going to be imbalanced. And, and and the Islanders are the kind of the prime candidate here, where they could very well end up being a team that plays less than the rest of the league. Yeah. You know, because you you just have so many games that they have to make up. Now, I imagine Boston must be in just about the same boat because they have the same amount of games played. And they're the only two with, what is it, 28 games or whatever whatever the case may be. 28, uh, 28 games right. and 28 games, yeah. So, I mean, obviously I'm not as, as, as heavy on the pulse of the Boston Bruins as I am the <laughs> Islanders, but I, I, didn't, I don't remember hearing them having as many, I suppose, game postpone, postponements or cancellations. I mean, it could have just been more a, a natural side of, of their schedule, but regardless, they both have that many games to, to play now right. now to Boston ha- the question is to Boston does Boston have as many unscheduled games as the Islanders do right now right they had a, the Islanders had a lot postponed do Boston have the same by comparison I don't think a lot I of these think- games that have been postponed have been rescheduled too much yet like I know they the first right there's or the two games that the Islanders missed because of COVID they did reschedule them Earlier, those Philadelphia and Ranger games, right? Mm-hmm. The Philadelphia, I forget when the Philadelphia game is going to be played, but the Ranger mm-hmm. one was moved to St. Patrick's Day. Right, that's right. I forgot about that. Okay, but these newer games that obviously haven't been haven't been rescheduled yet, and I don't think there's been a ton of rescheduling done by the league yet because I would imagine with the big February hole they have now mm-hmm. that they're working vigorously to try and put everything into that February right. slot now that they're not going to the Olympics, at least in the states. Because again, yeah. is Canada going to open up by then? Right. I, don't, I don't know. It's it's going to be it's going to be something interesting to see. So we'll we'll see. But again, I'd be I'd be surprised at this point if the Islanders get to eighty two games. Now, whether that's I'd be surprised if even the Canadian teams get to eighty two games. Um, not even just the Islanders, but you think about Toronto, yeah, Vancouver, sure. Calgary. You know those those are teams that have already had a ton of post moments, and I could imagine Ottawa. I could see them not getting to eighty two just because. You get to April or May, and you're like, "All right, we either got to start the playoffs, or you know, this season's going to go longer, right?" So, yeah. And our great viewers in the chat have pointed out that the Philadelphia game has not been rescheduled. So it's yet. just the island. It's just, just the island Ranger, Ranger game. game. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Plenty remains to be seen, but let's get back onto the ice and the positive side of things here. There are some good things happening on the ice for the Islanders, as we talked about their current streak, yep. playing better at home, kind of yep. exercising that demon on home ice, where maybe UBS is starting to become a little more comfortable for everybody, not right. only the, the Islanders themselves, but also the fans in the stands. It, it doesn't feel as foreign to me now walking to that building, <laughs> a, a little more familiarity, which is right. nice. But Matt Barzell, eight-game point streak, two goals, 11 assists for 13, six of those points in the power play. The leader is leading right now. Maybe not the leader with the C, but the star of this team. Yeah, and and that's sort of what the – I mean, not sort of. The Islanders needed that Mm -hmm. in a big way because, like it or not, whether it's fair or not, Barzell, as much as he is a playmaker, is always going to be looked at as as a goal scorer and and a star on the team. And – Seemingly, when you look at the way the ebbs and flows of the season go, usually when Barzal's on, the Islanders are on, and when Barzal's off, the Islanders are off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to see him playing at the rate that he is, playing at the confidence level that he is, I think, too, um, having everyone back has has gone a long way for a lot of these guys because I, I think 
you had some guys that were trying to do too much. You had Barzal yeah. who was trying mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, the biggest knock on Barzal now is always seems to be he's trying to do too much when he's out there, right? He's trying to make the perfect play, the perfect pass. He's trying to do too much, you know, all these different things. And when he goes out and he simplifies his game, which I think you kind of see now with, mm-hmm. with the way he's mm-hmm. playing, is when he's most effective, when he's playing that, that smart game in his own end and when he's able to just kind of do his thing and not overthink things is when he is most comfortable. And it seems to be the way that a lot of these guys play, right? Oliver Wallstrom is the same right. way. Bello seems to be the same way. The power play is the same way. The power play. Um, so you look at a lot of these things and when, when everyone slows down and simplifies their game is when everyone's the most successful because you've always seen the Islanders as a whole, the biggest knock is always that they're trying to do too much sometimes. They're trying to be too cute. And I think you're seeing kind of the opposite now in the last couple of games. No, absolutely. And, and look no further than the leader with the C, Anders Lee. Six goals, two assists in his last eight games played. Three of those goals on the power play. Six of those points on the power play, which is great because their first line is, is going, yeah. regardless of who's on the other side. Josh Bailey, though, he does have a couple of assists yeah. in the last few games, so he's coming around. Better. A little, he's, he's playing, playing better. better. Absolutely. So, look, things are kind of starting to hit their stride a little bit. Again, we, you know, you wonder if this now lack of games coming up right. here is going to hinder that right. or if they're going to be able to pick up where they left off. Now, if you want to look at the Buffalo game coming back after after a little break there, they were a shot out of a count. They were ready to go. They played well against the Sabres. As you said, maybe the Sabres aren't the most formidable opponent. Right. But Edmonton's but a they good had team. a strong game. Yeah. And Edmonton's a good team, too. And that was a battle. And, and it's interesting. That Edmonton game, a lot of these games have been so similar, but except the end to the script now has been changing. Instead of them losing these games, they're either getting a point or two. So it's Heading, it's trending in a good direction. They're playing better against these teams. They had a great third period against Edmonton. I think they only gave up two shots on goal. They end up out shooting them by 10 right. for the game. And they finally exercise their overtime demon by getting a win there. So, again, things are trending, even if it's a little slowly, in that right direction. Where, You're yeah. seeing them. You know how we talked about, I think it was, what, two shows ago now? Maybe uh, last show about the <laughs> Eight Islanders. months ago. <laughs> yeah, right. It's so hard to keep track these, right. guys, these days. Um, about the Islanders not looking comfortable in those uncomfortable spots. Right. Seems like they're getting back to that that special sauce or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Yep. That they were they're they're playing in those tight games and now they're more comfortable. There's a, there's not that panic that we saw earlier in the season. It's much more controlled. It's much more um, fight in this team. It doesn't seem as as chaotic as we've seen in those those first month or so of the season where when the Islanders fall behind or even when mm-hmm. they were trying to claw back and they would kind of get in their own way. It seemed you just sense that some they felt they felt like something was going to happen. Right. That was going to impact them in a negative way. I'm with you. And Anthony Beauvillier, he has two goals in his last three games, so he's woken up a little bit. He had that benching, obviously, not too long ago. So, again, things are improving a little bit by bit here. So, look, at the very least... We want this team to at least give give fans something to watch for, right? Something to get yeah. excited about. And we talk about maybe having a chance now to get back in the playoff race. Keep that going. And hopefully yeah. games are still meaningful through January, February, March. And, and maybe, you know, they get a little more magic and they, and they sneak into that last wild card spot. But it's good. Things are trending in a good direction. Could be wild if that St. Patrick's Day game, Islanders-Rangers, has a lot of implications at that, at that point in the season, right? That could be a very interesting Absolutely. Uh, evening at Madison Square Garden. Yes, no question about it. Especially on St. Patrick's Day. And very quickly, you mentioned the power play. Might as well mention the fact that, hey, it's up to 17th overall. Which is middle so- of the pack, 32-team <laughs> league here. That's middle of the pack. That's Which, that for the eight- Islanders, is a huge, huge, huge improvement. They haven't been there in a long time, 18.7%. They, they've gone one for two in at least their last two games. But even prior to that, the power play... 
not only has it been producing, but it's actually looked better. Even on their failed power play last night against Edmonton, they looked great. Yeah. And it was chance after chance. They came really close to putting one on that second power play as well. They didn't, but... I mean, I guess maybe it goes back to that word simplification, right? I mean, not only simplifying the game overall, but simplifying things on the power play. We talked about this. Get pucks to the net. And you talk about the trust that they're putting into Noah Dobson and Kiefer Bellows. He's been logging a lot of power play minutes in those gain minutes that he's been getting. So, again, getting a lot of trust. Maybe, again, it's by default because, look, Brock Nelson's out. He's a power play guy. Oliver Wallstrom, he's a power play guy. But Bellows is seizing the opportunity. He's making something out of it. He's he's putting points up on the power play. He's showing that maybe he belongs. You know what's interesting, too, which we didn't even talk about for the Edmonton game? Did I say that? (laughs) (laughs) Hope not. (laughs) Oh, no, I get it. I get it. Norris, like Norris yes, Trophy. A yeah, little, yeah. little, little quick there, yeah. Mel. I, I love the spirit, but I wouldn't say so just yet. <laughs> Who was that? Donnie, too. Uh, what was he was talking about, Matthew? Oh, he was talking about Ilya Sorokin being the best goaltender in the NHL. Yeah, he's got to pump the brakes a little bit. Like, yeah. He's a very good goalie, but he's not there yet. Yeah. Maybe one day. He's a good goalie. Not there <laughs> very yet. good goalie. Very good. Um, yes. No, but we didn't even talk about the Islanders won that game <laughs> against Edmonton without Barry Trotz on the bench. True. Uh, and a couple of uh, John Gruden wasn't on the bench, and I forget there was one other guy. Pierre Greco. Pierre Greco mm-hmm. wasn't out there. Um, was in COVID protocol, but Gruden and Greco were in protocol. Barry Trotz missed the game because of personal reasons. But Lane Lambert behind the bench, certainly yeah. an interesting, uh, interesting note to to keep an eye on too. I mean, Lane Lambert, I think his name always comes up when there's coaching available that he's open. I think he interviewed for the Anaheim Ducks job a couple of years ago as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that I think everyone assumes every year is not going to be there with the Islanders year, you know, the following year because he is such a right. a good coach. And I am curious to see if that gets any team's attentions. I mean, I understand it's a one-game sample size, but it's certainly... I think he already has the league's attention, and I but think I, it you is know, only it's just another, another notch on, on the belt of, or on the, yeah. on the list sure, of like sure. why this guy sure. it would make a great NHL coach. Yeah. I think I think everyone's kind of surprised that he never ended up in a, another team yet. There have been a ton of vacancies in the last couple of well, years. Well, I'm okay with it. Yeah, right. I mean, the Islanders <laughs> have been the beneficiary I mean, of that. So Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, but certainly something to note, I thought, too, and yeah. all that, absolutely. that was going on. Well, how do you feel about... Going to uh, what's on tap? Sure. Yeah? Let's do it. And now, it's time for What's on Tap. Brought to you by R.J. Daniels, American Bar and Grill. That's right, folks. It's time for What's on to Tap. No, I have no idea who that is. We just hired him out, and uh, he, did, he did a great job. Did a great job. Sounds familiar. No idea what you're talking about. I just I was just doing an impression of whoever that was. So, Christian. You mean you think someone just goes around talking with that voice the whole, the whole, the whole life? Or it's a professional. It's just really good really good at making that voice. So, Christian, what's on tap? a specific professional. Yeah, yeah. So, what's on tap? Nothing. Nothing is on tap. <laughs> Literally nothing now is on tap. Now, let's have some week. rest and relaxation. <laughs> Little R and R. That's all we got. That's all we got. I mean, there were supposed to be a couple of right. games this week. Actually, a few. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cal- no, Calgary's next Seattle. week. But Seattle, Edmonton, Vancouver. That's all getting pushed back. Well, on the bright no side, no longer on tap. On the bright side for everybody, you know, no one has to stay up till ten o'clock to see a start of a game this week. That's true. Maybe so. get a little extra sleep. Everyone gets a little, little R and R. Islander fans, team, Shawnee. It's true, but. Christian, if we do look a little bit down the road, we may have something exciting on tap. We believe we do. Now, we are living in a wild world right now. But you talked about that January 22nd game against the Toronto Maple Leafs up in Toronto. I did. Should it happen, 
Should everything go well, we do have plans to have a viewing party for that game at the Great Oyster Bay Brewery in fabled Oyster Bay. They've been gracious enough to to agree to have us there for a viewing party. Now, again, the game needs to happen. And we have to hope that, I guess, nothing protocol COVID-wise happens to kind of get in the way. But we have that date circled. We'd hope that you circle it as well. We'll obviously keep you guys updated We'll keep you posted with more further details as it goes. But right now, the plan is to have a viewing party for the Islanders versus the Leafs at Oyster Bay Brewing Company on Saturday, January 22nd. So keep it here. Keep it on social media. We'll keep you informed. Should it come to pass? (laughs) Very excited about it. Can't wait to do it. Tony and I did a show uh, a few years ago there. You came down. You hung out with us. That's right. They played the Sharks that night. That was actually the end to their 17-point streak that year. Uh, 17 game, game point, point streak, streak. Yeah. that year, or 12, 17, whatever it was. But that was the run. Uh, no, you know what it was? I think it was the end of the winning streak within. Like it was like a 10 game oh, winning they streak. They points. They continued to They pick lost, up points, I think, yeah. in overtime against the Sharks or the shootout, whatever it was, to extend the point streak. But that was the end of the 10 game winning streak. But we had a great time there. Lots of yeah. fun. Great staff over there. Always a great time. So look, if it happens, we can't wait. Again, we'll keep you guys informed, and and that's pretty much all we got on tap because you know the NHL just keeps rescheduling games. Well, apparently, snow is also on tap, and I don't mean Garth Snow. Is that right? Apparently, what do we got here? A little little weather report on Hockey Night New York. T Boyle saying four to six <laughs> inches in Suffolk County. Oh no! Well, that's not our problem. Yeah, so, <laughs> sucks to suck, guys. Suffolk County. <laughs> but stay safe. But of also, course. you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> That was What's on Tap, brought to you by R.J. Daniels, American Bar and Grill. All right, that was What's on Tap. We did the best we could, and there's literally no games on tap tap for the coming week. So we kind of talked about the games already. And we, we just to wrap up the special teams, the the PK is 11th overall, 81.6. So they're still... In the, essentially in the top third of the league in the, yeah. on the PK. Struggled a little bit lately. I think they were seventh two weeks ago the last time we spoke about <laughs> right. it. So, But they're still having success there. Listen, it's a trade-off. The power play wants to get better. The PK has to get a little uh, worse. I, listen, I will, Which, take, yeah. I will take 17th overall because they were they, I mean, they were basically 40th overall in a 32-team league not too long ago. That's no, no, I know. I know. Was. Yeah. So yeah. for them to come this far, and it really has done a 180, and Anders Lee's been a huge part of it. He's, he's doing his job in front of the net. If he's not, if he's not getting goals he's 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 getting assists in, in front there and creating creating stuff here so it's great and again Nob, uh, nobson i did it again <laughs> remember i called him nobson a few weeks ago that's fine we just you know we're gonna make a t-shirt nobson it's happening <laughs> that's fantastic oh, boy. noah dobson key for bellows also contributing on the power play lately and i'm sure when brock nelson and oliver walsh and ryan pullock <laughs> belson yeah <laughs> when they all come back i mean you'd like to think that the power play continues to, to improve or at least steadies here at a, at a decent pace which would be nice so again we talked about the games i'm just trying to trying to look through the notes here to see if there's anything really worth mentioning we talked about varlamov we talked about dobson and bellows and bo getting a couple goals yep. here yeah so we pretty much covered that so why don't we just move right into um why don't we move into hero of the week all right let's do it all right folks want to thank you once again for tuning in to hockey night in new york here at twitch.tv slash hockey night ny and on your favorite podcast providers later on during the week. So, yeah. folks, we'll take a quick break when we come back. The hero of the week. You have a lot of choices when it comes to great beer, and Oyster Bay Brewing Company provides the best Long Island has to offer. Oyster Bay Brewing Company is dedicated to producing the highest quality beer while staying true to their nautical history on the Gold Coast of Long Island. 
They're the creators of the renowned Barn Rocker Session Ale, available at 12 locations in the Islanders' brand new home, UBS Arena. And because Oyster Bay has increased distribution across the country, you can grab your Barn Rocker from Carolina to California if you're following the team on the road. Here at home, the tap room on 36 Audrey Avenue is open seven days a week indoor and outdoor seating so you can experience their smooth honey ale, savory IPA, or gluten-free hard seltzers right in historic Oyster Bay. You can also shop online at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or have your order shipped anywhere in New York. And if you use coupon code HNINY at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery. Hey Islander fans, you already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal. And now, you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, all three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar, friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. Ladies and gentlemen, when you hear this song, that means it's time for the Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half-Price Hero, which this week is the Blue Liner, featuring chicken cutlet, bacon, melted American, Russian dressing on a toasted garlic hero. Get it for half-price all week, starting tomorrow. That is Monday through next week, where we will announce a brand-new half-off hero. So stop on in, mention Hockey Night in New York, and get half-off the Blue Liner. So, without further ado... Ladies and gentlemen, Christian, why don't you tell us who your hero of the week is? Well, my hero of the week is a man. <laughs> it's a man! Okay, great start. Yeah. Some call him Noah Dobson. Others? Call him Dobson. <laughs> but it is Noah Dobson. There he is! First career <laughs> NHL overtime game winner for him the other day against the Edmonton Oilers. And you just look at the way he's played over the last couple weeks. I mean, he's, his game has come... Leaps and bounds from where it was even even earlier in the season. I, I, I think that he's only gotten better and it couldn't come at a better time for the Islanders. And it's part of why I think I do have more optimism now that the Islanders could find a way to get themselves back into a playoff spot is because you have a guy like Dobson and some of these other young guys too. But specifically in this case, you have someone like Noah Dobson who the Islanders, let's face it, need him to play a, a significant role this season and finally finding that stride, finding that offensive offensive stride in his game. Um, you know, you're seeing him get a little bit, I think, smoother when it comes to moving the puck a bit more and, and he's not mm -hmm. afraid to shoot. 
That's the key for me. Yeah. And I, I, I noted that before is that he seems a little more confident just letting the puck go towards the net where in the past he might have hesitated. And, and I also noted how kind of guys like Robin Salo and Sebastian Ajo were kind of still in that yeah. hesitancy. Yeah. Should I shoot? Should I not? You know, even when they're getting chances on the power play and stuff like that. But it looks like Dobson, or as I like to affectionately now apparently call him Nobson, uh, he's definitely <laughs> stepped up his game. And, and hopefully this is something that becomes consistent and when you get Pollock back then all of a sudden you have three you know top looking defense here defensemen here that can really kind of help you know maybe make up for whatever slack we've we've discussed earlier on the season as far as the bottom end of the defense goes right and you know what speaking of that I think Chara's been better too for Chara for what we expect out of him uh, I yeah. think he's improved. What we expect out of him now. Right. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, I'll give you that. I, I agree. I think he's been more consistent. Okay. And now it's time for my hero, and that is none other than... Nobson? No, it's not Nobson. Uh, it's not. Mazel? It's <laughs> Mazel. No. No, it's Kellos. Nice. <laughs> it's Kiefer Bellows, ladies and gentlemen. We talked about him earlier as well. Going and assist versus the Buffalo Sabres. Had a power play assist versus the Oilers. And as we also noted, getting a lot more ice time, taking advantage of it, yeah. looking a lot better there. Kind of, I suppose, filling the void that Oliver Wallstrom left when we were singing his praises right. when he was stepping up. And it seems like Bellows is seizing the moment here. I am very curious to see if Barry Trotz puts his money where, where his mouth is when Paul Mary does get healthy. Is he a guy who maybe sits and waits a few games before he gets back in if Bellows and, and Wallstrom happen to be playing right. uh, you know, up to the level that Barry Trotz expects? I hope he does. I mean, uh, to be honest. Good problem to have. Yeah, well, yes and no. Yes and no. Sure, I got you. Um, but no, I, I think Bellows, if anything, has earned that, that spot, that right to knock himself out of the lineup. If you're going to put a guy like Kyle Palmieri, and I get it, he has street cred and all that, but I mean, Bellows Listen. certainly has, I think, in the last couple of weeks, earned that street cred. Absolutely. If he's playing well, he's putting up points, he's contributing to wins for this team, why rush Palmieri back? Because it's yeah. not like they're desperate to get whatever he was doing prior to his injury. Everybody knows he only has one goal. I think he only has seven points on the season. Obviously, very disappointing so far for this for this season after yeah. the contract that he signed. Now, is he going the way of Andrew Ladd? No, I don't think so. I think <laughs> this is a guy who, still is gonna, who is still going to be able to pull himself together and be a contributing force in this team. Obviously, he had struggles when he was first traded to the team. Clearly, that's carried over this regular season as well. Yeah. But I'm not ready to you know close the book on this guy and say that it's a failed signing or you know maybe they got a little too ahead of themselves. And and look, when you have guys like Wallstrom and Bellows picking it up, it kind of softens that blow. And maybe he's able to ease himself back into a more significant role. And look, if they can get him rolling along with those young guys as the season goes and they're fighting for a wild card spot, maybe they get that spot. And then all of a sudden you have a lot of guys who can contribute once again during the playoffs if they get there. So it sucks that he's not playing well now, but I, I am curious to see how Trotz handles it when he does get healthy. Yeah, that's going to be the, the million-dollar question, right? Like, that's the guy that everyone has kind of had a marker on for someone they want to see sit because he hasn't performed, and now mm. Trotz is kind of saying, well, it's a possibility. Maybe he will. Maybe he will. We'll yeah. see. No one knows except Barry Trotz. Yes, correct. So, folks, that was Hero of the Week brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero. Once again, the Blue Liner with chicken cutlet, bacon, melted American cheese, Russian dressing on a toasted garlic hero. Delicious. Head to Blue Line. Mention us. Get it for half price. So, Christian, anything else you want to touch on? You want to just fly right in to questions brewing? Let's go into questions bro are you ready you got your questions ready 
Yeah. You sure? Yeah. All right, folks, it is time for Questions Brewing, brought to you by Oyster Bay Brewing Company and their excellent honey ale. Give it a shot if you haven't already. Delicious. Just another great offering from Oyster Bay Brewing Company. And can't wait to have all their drinks at our disposal January 22nd if we actually get in there for the game. So all good stuff. Questions Brewing. Christian, why don't you start us off here? T-Boyle 13 question, Bruin. Who sits when Ryan Pulak returns? That's a good question. That's a good question. Now, I would say it's probably going to be Robin Sallow. Yeah. Maybe to the chagrin of all of us. Maybe just to some of us. But he's going to be the first guy. If everybody else is healthy and not on COVID protocol, it's probably going to be Robin Sallow. Not sure I agree with that, but that's probably who it's going to be. Yeah, no, I, I think it is, too. I mean, when you look and look up and down the Islanders' defensive lineup at, at, at any point, you know, it's not going to be Scott Mayfield. It's not going to be... I mean, Mayfield... It's not going to be Andy Green. Andy Green. It's probably not going to be Chara. Chara would have been your three, your three guesses, right, of the yeah. guys that you'd be okay sitting. And mm. of those three, Andy Green, you know, he, he serves a role, right? I mean, he's, yeah. he's, a, he's a bottom, bottom you know... <laughs> He's a he's a third line defenseman that I mean he plays his part. Maybe he makes a couple of mistakes. I mean, but he's a veteran guy that, that adds some stability back there. Sedano Chara, I mean, you know, through the highs and lows of the season for him anyway. Um, you know, Barry Trotz has kept him in the lineup, and he hasn't been someone that that Trotz has indicated would would come out of the lineup. And then you know, Scott Mayfield's a, a veteran presence there, and you know, from from the mistakes that he makes here or there, I mean, he does make a lot of good defensive plays and. Um, you know, yeah. he's got a good shot. Mayfield's not coming out of the line. Right. But, but that's but of the three names you could think sure, of right sure, off the sure. bat, that, those would be the three names that Islander fans, I think, would be okay with coming out of the lineup. Mayfield probably being the, the lead, like right on the fringe of being okay and not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because, listen, I think Salah has earned the right to stay here and, and play, but, you know, Pulak's got to get back in the lineup. And, and Barry Trotz seems, as much as he's given the indication he's willing to move a guy like Paul Mary out of the lineup or keep him out of the lineup mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, take a guy like Anthony Beauvillier out of the lineup. It doesn't seem like that same willingness applies to the defensive side of the ice. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe a more prevalent question would be what do the pairings look like when Pullet comes back? And, and I think as we've talked about, uh, Brian Compton mentioned this when mm-hmm. we talked to him about Pullet is that you see Pellick and Pullet back together. So that essentially probably bumps Green back, uh, sorry, Mayfield back down to playing with Andy Green. Mm-hmm. And you probably see Dobson and Dobson and, and Chara. <laughs> and Zidane Chara, yeah. Because that's, that's the pairing that they started with this season and, yeah. and they're playing together now. So that's probably what yeah. it looks like. And, and I know you and I have both expressed concerns over that because of the, the, the lack of speed there, you know, looking at a pairing between Andy Green and, and Scott Mayfield. But I do still agree with, with B-Comp when he said you got to put Pelican and Pollock back together. Oh, I, I agree with you, too. Yeah. As much as there was an openness to see how that played out, and um, it worked for the time being early on when you when you separated them and kind of had to mix and match some guys, the long run, it was it, it, didn't, it clearly didn't work, right? The defense struggled immensely, and obviously yep. there were other factors to it, but, yeah. I mean, they struggled immensely when the Ryan Pulak and, and Adam Pelic were separated, and those guys were still playing, you know, good games out there but i mean they just there was something that was lost when those two were not together and it was noticeable throughout the lineup Mm -hmm. because every everyone just seemed off even you know you look at pelican pulak and even they seemed a little off when they were out there without each other and not to say that they were making mistakes but it just the comfortability wasn't there i guess if you want to play devil's advocate you can maybe re-question that because now they are having success without that pair together now so do they mix and match again do they try to find a way to even 
keep Robin Salo in the lineup because they like what they see out of him, puck moving wise, skating wise for mm. sure. I mean, he definitely. Ha- I mean, that's definitely something he can bring to the table that those three other three guys right. you mentioned don't. Right. And but the thing is, do they trust him enough to sit one of those guys? I wouldn't even say three guys. Mayfield's not coming out of the lineup. It would. It would be either Andy Green or Zdeno Chara, and and I guess it would be Chara being the first guy if any of them are coming out. And you know maybe maybe there's a case to be made there, and 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 does that maybe that allows you to keep Pelican and Pulick together if Salo stays? If he doesn't, do they feel more inclined to to split them up because they've they've seen some success without having Pulick in the lineup? It's going to be interesting. Uh, I guess Noah Dobson almost kind of threw a wrench into that because he's been so successful lately, right? Yeah. And maybe they can rely more on him, and they don't have to you know, put so much pressure on the shoulders of Pelican Pullock. So it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do when he does come back. Yeah, certainly does. We'll go on to the next question. Mike, 4652Co. Question Bruin. It's amazing what the young guys can do when given a chance. Can old can Barry Trotz learn new tricks? Yeah, look, I, and this is kind of how it seems to always go when injuries or the like force a coach's hand to right. put a younger guy in the lineup that he'd he doesn't maybe trust yet. And I guess, I mean, look, you can kind of see the the mentality where it's, look, I know what I'm getting out of this guy, so I'm going to play this guy and, and hope that he plays the way I, I think he can or think right. he should. And he'd rather go with the devil he knows and the devil he doesn't, <laughs> right, that, to, to use a cliche. Yeah. And maybe him, like a lot of other coaches in this league, are is a little more guilty of, of that than maybe other coaches. I'm not sure. I mean, I remember that complaint being the same when Jack Capuano was running this team, too. Why isn't he playing the kids? Why right. isn't he playing the kids? So I think it's a, a league thing, like an NHL uh, Yeah, thing. I'm not so sure it's just a head coach of the New York Islanders thing. I think if it's something that happens around the league. Now, obviously, there's different circumstances where you just have younger teams that right. are rebuilding, have no choice. But, the, I mean, the Islanders used to be that team where they, they had to play their young guys, where they were bringing up guys like Everybody Josh Bailey yeah. a little too soon or playing Nino Niederreiter to reach the cap floor or whatever the case may be. Where it's it's flipped now because they're a team that's that's up towards the cap now. They have veterans, yeah, and these coaches have guys that they trust. If anything, you know, I don't know if look. I'm not necessarily on the on the team of pointing fingers at Barry saying, "See, I told you so." Right? Maybe you should have played these guys all along. Because let's face it, we just talked about this earlier in the show. When Kiefer Bellows and Noah Dobson were getting minutes earlier in the season, or even prior to this season, they weren't exactly looking like. Stormbreakers, right? right? They needed to grow into these roles. So, I know you can make an argument, chicken the egg and whatnot, but, you know, look, we're just starting to see now what these guys can do, and they needed to kind of get there. So, would it have behooved Barry Trotz to play those guys, you know, either earlier in the season or maybe even seasons past where, you know, they're trying to pick up points to get into the playoffs or whatever the case may be. So, I get where you're coming from. I think, it, if anything, you just take the positive out of the fact that, hey, these guys, for one reason or another, finally got into the lineup. Right. And they're showing positive signs that, hey, maybe these guys are... We knew Dobson was going to be a keeper, but but Kiefer Bellows... <laughs> right. He was I, very much on the on the fence. Yeah, there was very much he a point in bubble. time where we were like, okay, this guy probably isn't going right. to be an Islander in the long term. And now it's like, hey, yeah, we got we might have something here. Yeah. So, and it happened with Devon Taves too. It took an injury. Yeah. It took it took an injury for him to get into the lineup. So maybe it does. It, it takes a little longer than than maybe the fans would like. Maybe you guys would like. But at least we're seeing development out of these guys. Maybe a little later than you like. Mike also asking question brewing number two. Thoughts or impressions on Lane Lane Lambert. Heading the bench, what did you guys notice? Look, we talked about this before, and it's one game. 
And Lane Lambert is carrying out Barry Trotz's plan in that one game. I mean, look, that's not to take anything away from Lambert. Sounds but like, like you are. But, I mean, is it really, oh, man, they won that game with Lambert. You know what? Tell Barry, tell Barry to wait until, until they lose a game. You know, no. I, look, he's, he's, he's going to do what Barry Trotz is, was basically going to do anyway if he was standing behind the bench, you know. So, look, I guess... Islander fans are fortunate to have a guy like Lambert. Lane Lambert. What is with me in combining first and Lane, last? I mean, that's the Lane Lambert. Lambert's that, pretty yeah, hilarious. Lane Lambert. Lane Lambert. Yes. So I guess that's a tough. One. It's yeah. It is a little tongue bit. twister. So I mean, I think you also don't. Like they're the fortunate guy. to have. To, the guy behind the bench like him that can step in the role. But, like, honestly, for one game, I don't think much of it. They got the win, which is great. And I'm sure he's a great assistant coach. But, like, does it really mean anything one game at Barry Breen out? I don't think so. Yeah, no, I mean, I think to Sean's point, the uh, the plan wasn't going to change much depending on who was behind the bench, exactly. right? I mean, the, the, a lot of this, these guys work hand-in-hand hand together to create and come up with. And um, obviously, Barry Trotz is the the executor of everything but yeah and it's not like lane was gonna turn to barry but listen man you're not here tonight so i'm, tear yeah. I'm tearing your plans up and we're doing it my way tonight all right pal it's not really how it's gonna work right yeah i mean this is uh this is a pretty i mean also barry trotz has worked with lane lambert for how many years now so i mean these guys work pretty pretty closely together and know each other's style pretty well so i i yeah. think for the most part the style and the the game plan was something that was already in their head because they've they've executed and they've done it for so many years together right, as, right. as coaches that uh, it really wasn't going to change for the most part. I mean, I, I I stand by what I said before. I think Sean genuinely doesn't like Lane Lambert. I can't, <laughs> won't even get his name right, but Lambert. I mean, I mean that's just rude. Go on. All righty, T Boyle. Question brewing. Do you see Pulak returning to the lineup after this long break? Why not? Eleven days, maybe. Is he skating? He's four to He's six. Skating on his own four or anything? to six, right? Well, yeah. Has it been? How long has it been? <laughs> it's, it's it's hard so to hard tell because usually track. you gauge with the number of games that have been right. played. And right. They haven't played right. games that many. So, I mean, Pulak really has only missed a handful of games and what, what – could have been a much, 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 much larger number. It doesn't sound to me like he's going to be ready by January 13th. Right. Maybe I, close definitely to close. February-ish. I, well, that's another half a month. I don't know. He, I mean, maybe we'll see him later in January, but I don't think he's going to be ready to go for the devil game. Now, of course, tomorrow there's going to be a report that he's, he's taking he's line drills. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But he actually checks Barry Trotz into the board kind of thing, right? Right. <laughs> right. I don't think he's going to be in back. A, in a coup set up by Lane Lambert, Sean Hawk, right. Huh? Right? <laughs> right? By Lane Bird? Yeah. But I, I think it's safe to say that Brock Nelson, Oliver Wallstrom, and Kyle Palmieri will be ready. By that game? Yeah. By that game. Whether they all get in the yeah. lineup or not uh, remains to be seen. Now, we, we did see with Oliver Wallstrom that uh, he came off COVID protocol, but they weren't ready to put him back into the lineup right. yet. So he's pretty much ready to go. I think Brock will be too. So you got those two guys back, but I think it might just be a little bit longer for Bullock. Question brewing from Mel Armenia 22. The NHL has made it clear by rescheduling games in Canada because no fans there, uh, because of no fans there, but not postponing games due to COVID. Do you think this could cause a possible lockout? Lockout? Well, so I think the basis of her question is coming from the frustration by I think a lot of players by the NHL's decision to pull out of the Olympics, but mm. continue to manipulate uh, manipulate the schedule to ensure that 
games are being played in front of fans and so that there's revenue. Uh, Brad Marchand obviously had a very uh, notable quote this past week about mm-hmm. his frustration. And as someone who I am very much anti-NHL players going to the Olympics, I don't think it adds any value and, and right, to, disrupt lot, the, yeah. to disrupt the, the, the season I think is stupid. But he made a great point in that if you're going to – for you know, force the player's hand that they had to negotiate this into the into the C, into their collective bargaining agreement, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the players have you know are paying X amount of money for hockey related revenue, and all this all this other sort of financial mumble jumble, and they're gonna they're gonna screw the players basically out of going in the Olympics, something that they wanted to do, but continue to force these games to be played. It, it's counter and it, it it doesn't make any sense and it's not fair to the players right i mean the nhl is doing what's best not for the game or for the league but what's best for the owners i think everything brad marchand said was logistically and rationally sound. yeah everything he said i agreed with but this is still a product and and you hate to put it in these terms but those players going out to china are the nhl's product and and whether you agree with it or not because again i agree with marchand like right. yeah Hey, look, don't pay me. I'll go. And if, you know, I can't come back or whatever the case may be, just don't pay me. I get that rationale, but it, there's no way the league is going to agree to letting them go under these conditions where they can be banished in China for five weeks or whatever the case may be. If any of them get, get sick, you know, get, get, the, get COVID while they're out there, they're not coming back. We don't know when they're coming back. Right. And, and that would be an absolute disaster. I mean, this season is, I don't want to say on the brink, but it's, creeping towards the brink of disaster already. Right. And to send all those guys to China, and if, God forbid, there's an outbreak while they're out there and they can't come back, you're talking about not only the the NHL's product, but their top products, all their best players, stranded on the other side of the globe. Disaster. And there's no way the NHL was going to let that happen. Right, but, I mean, then you look at the flip side. The league played a ton of games with substandard lineups. The Islanders especially. You look back, I mean, basically the Bridgeport Islanders played NHL games right but it wasn't league wide and it wasn't for an basically potentially a, an a extremely long unexpected amount of time it's more within their control they're here they're yeah. stateside they're in, they're in North America and it was in their control it's a, and but. it's a 10 day protocol as opposed to question mark right right but they I mean you still had ton you know, teams across the, the league. I mean, I think all 31 teams have been affected by this now. At, this at point. one point or another. But you're talking about every league, every team in the league simultaneously having all their best players, all their stars. A big part of the reason why people put their butts in the stands to begin with to see these stars play. I just, I there's no way the NHL even considered this thought for a second. As right as Marshawn may be, as, as great an argument as he might have, right. there's no way they were going to let this happen. I mean, there was no way they were, they were uh, under these conditions. I think the league, I think at the end of the day, the league was looking for their out with this and they found it. I, I agree with you to a, to a, to a, a large extent, but I also think that I, I just saw Melo Media's message. Too. Okay. Um, but at the same time, I mean, the, uh, you know, uh, there are certain financial constraints that they've put on the players now with all this going on and, um, which is also unfair. Well, let's but just that's call a bigger, it. What, that's what this is all about. Yeah. It's about the money. No, yeah, that's it. Sure. And 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 you know, Mel brings up the point of of the players and their families and all that. The truth is, like, that's not what these conversations are about. Oh no, for sure, it's about the money for sure. Yeah, and how it's going to affect the league's bottom line. 
Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, that's that's no secret, right. and uh, you know, I don't think anyone's under the impression or the false impression that that's that's the you know the league is doing this out of the goodness of their heart or their <laughs> right. or they're concerned about right. You know, because they didn't want them going before this whole right COVID situation. Right. You know, they wanted to keep them here, and and you know, probably a lot of GMs and and team owners did too. You know, you look at what happened with John Tavares years ago and how Snow well, was complaining. I'm yeah. just citing the, the nearest example is that I'm sure most teams would prefer their players stay right. than go right. because they don't want that season-ending ACL right. injury right. happening while they're playing in the Olympics. I mean, that's just how this stuff goes. Again, protecting not, their products. Not unless they're getting the money out of it and it was the NHL-run World Cup of Hockey, in which case then send everybody and everyone can break their legs and then the league would be perfectly <laughs> fine with that. You know, Gare Bear would be cool. It's fine. Um, question Bruin. I gotta go back to the page. Uh, question Bruin. Uh, I know Barry said about Paul Mary. Oh, this is for Andremi thirteen. Okay. Uh, I know Barry said about Paul Mary not necessarily getting back into the lineup. Do you really see that happening? Love how Bellis is playing. I mean, we covered it just before. I, I'd love to see Barry put his money right. where his mouth is. Right. Yeah. If no, Bellows, sure. if Bellows continues to play as he's playing, and there's nobody else. That you can kind of reasonably say, okay, Paul Mary should go in for this guy. Yeah. Then yeah, sure, let him sit. There's no if if they're winning games and if there's guys that are going out in the ice putting up points, whether it's Bellows, Walsham, Bailey, Bavillier, whoever it might be, let the guy watch in the press box for a few games. Maybe that's what the guy could use coming back from the injury. You know what I mean? Ease him back in into practice. Let him watch in the press box if they're winning. If they're not, then he probably comes back sooner than later because if that means somebody else isn't getting it done. So, but yes, do I think it's possible? I do. All right. I agree. Uh, and Jeremy 13 also, I'm going to combine these with MJ Beckman's question. Okay. Uh, this league-wide question regarding trade deadline, it's going to be a weird one. How does the, how does a GM evaluate his team with all these postponements? And MJ Beckman followed that up with, mm. does deadline get moved for that matter? Which I think is a fair question as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Um, now, if they find a way... Sorry, I, no, no. I cutting you off there? No, no. Go ahead. If they find a way to squeeze a good portion of these missed games into February, I don't think the deadline moves. I think they keep it where it is. Now, if there is a significant amount of games that end up getting lopped kind of onto the tail right. end of the season, then I think it's it's something that that's to be considered. Now, whether that's something they can consider uh, due to CBA contracts and negotiations, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's something right. that can shift midseason or not. I don't know if that's locked in place. But it's a it's a very valid question where if if they have to throw a lot of games on the back end post deadline, you know, is that something that they may look at? You'd like to think so. I honestly don't even know if they can. Um, I think they could. I mean, mm. I think the NHL has shown that it can just do about just about do anything uh, it wants when it comes to rescheduling games, postponing games, moving certain things, certain mm. events. Um, and there, I don't think there's any sort of CBA requirement to be mm-hmm. that's involved there. But okay. at, at the same time, I don't know if they want to mess with that just because it's such a, you know, it, it's such a hard thing to, to read right now. And I think by the time right. they maybe get a grasp of that situation, it'd be too late, too little, too late to move the trade deadline. Because mm-hmm. let's say you're a team that maybe doesn't have a game or doesn't have a ton of games moved. Is that fair that you, the deadline's moved later and you're, you know, you're, you don't have that, you know, for if you're a team that, you know, it's just the, the playing field gets a little murky, I guess, is what I'm trying to get that. Get and, to. I, and I think a good point is being made in the question where, you know, does it become more difficult to evaluate what you're going to do? Yes, oh, yeah, of course. 100%. Because, I mean, look at the Islanders, right? Because 
if they if they get more games played and there's you know and there's a certain amount of points out that gives them a much clearer picture of mm-hmm. okay we can we can kind of sell some guys off that maybe you know maybe recoup some assets right. here we'll regroup in the summer and, and get ready for next year right but the less games that they play and the closer the trade deadline comes you have that other side of where it's like, well, look, we, we still have another 20 points right. we can make up here with the 10 games that, that need to be rescheduled. So, you know, maybe we hang on to what we have so we can try to still give a go at this, and, and which is, I think, what they would be more inclined to do. Now, maybe they don't add because it's still a tricky situation because it's like, yeah, we have another 10 games to make up. <laughs> you know, do we want to give right, up assets right. to bring somebody in only to fall on our faces? So I feel like with the way things are going – and I don't have a clue what, what goes on in the mind of Lou Lamarillo, but just from my point of view, I feel like the way things are going, maybe that makes the Islanders a little less inclined to make any sort of moves leading up to the deadline, just with those thoughts in mind. Now, if they go on a five-game losing streak or something like that between now and then, it makes it a lot easier. But right. if they stay in this, you know, hey, we're eight points back, but we got 50 games left, 50 games is plenty of games to make up eight points on a team, you know? So I, I think I think it's kind of just wait and see right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think as far as the evaluation goes, it makes it extremely hard. Yeah. I mean, you, there's no cohesion. You talk about guys coming in, too, um, and you're looking at a very weird stretch of the season, too. Um, I think general managers would probably be a little more hesitant to make some of these moves right. uh, mm-hmm. because they just don't know what's around the corner, especially when it comes to the Islanders. They have a very specific problem when it comes to additions late in the season, and that <laughs> right. is those guys just tend to kind of disappear during the regular season. They turn it on in the playoffs, but they tend to disappear a little bit in those regular season moments, and it takes them a little bit of time. So is that something you want to mess with too if you're still in the playoff hunt near the island? I don't know. It's a, it's right. a great question that, I mean, really, I, I, to, to answer the second part, I don't think they moved the trade deadline. To answer the first part, it makes it extremely, extremely tough to, especially if you're a team like the Islanders or one of those bubble playoff teams that are fighting for a playoff spot, it makes it tough to really evaluate where you're going to be and and how the right player may or may not impact your team going forward. Not only that, but are you going to be able to get 32 teams on board with that too? Oh, yeah. Because... You know, some some teams might be like, "Yeah, give us more time," but other teams might be like, "No, you keep that right where it is." Right. So I don't. I agree with you 100. percent I don't think it moves. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, it, I think it would just at the end of the day, just be too chaotic for any. And yep. there's enough chaos going on. So <laughs> yes, the league plenty is trying of to chaos. Figure a, a, a ton of other things out. I could only imagine them trying to figure out how to move the trade deadline. Yeah, I don't. I don't in a that. cohesive manner, because you know they try it and they mess it up. Yeah. You got any more for us? That's it. That's it for Questions Brewing. Well, folks, awesome stuff. want to thank you guys. Love love the Questions Brewing segment. You guys do a great job. Really appreciate the questions. Great stuff tonight. Happy to do it. Brought to you by Oyster Bay Brewing Company. Yeah. And their delicious honey ale. Yeah. So, folks, I think that's it. I think we're going to wrap it up here. I want to thank you for joining us for another late edition of Hockey Night in New York. Sorry we couldn't be with you guys last week, but these guys got to play some games. Now, we know they're not going to play this week, but it looks like we're going to be back next week anyway. We're going to talk to you. We're going to have a show. Yeah. But huge, huge thanks to Ethan Sears for joining us tonight from the New York Post. Great stuff from him. And again, huge thanks to you guys for joining us here live at 10 o'clock on a Sunday night 
on a school night. Really appreciate it, of course. Appreciate all you guys listening on your favorite podcast providers. And a huge thanks goes out to our sponsors, starting with RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. The best place to catch the aisles when you can't make it to the game. And don't just go for the aisles. They have live music, comedy nights, trivia, a late night bar scene. They have it all. Huge thanks to Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, an official partner of the New York Islanders and the greatest deli around. Don't forget to check out their new location in East Islip. And, of course, at the UBS Arena. Check out the menu at BlueLineDeli.com for their great selections and hockey-themed heroes. And a big thanks to Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at TyTechnology.com for all your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service. And of course, a huge thanks to Oyster Bay Brewing Company located at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay. You can order their great beers and merchandise at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or shipping anywhere in New York. And you can get 15% off with coupon code H-N-I-N-Y. Check it out. Big thanks to everybody once again. And if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Follow Christian at C underscore Arnold 01 on Twitter. Follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. Follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. For Christian Arnold, my name is Sean Cuthbert. We've been Hockey Night New York. We'll see you next week. What timing. What timing, right? Have a great night, everybody. Bye. <laughs> that was creepy. <laughs> <laughs>